Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. 2 Corinthians chapter number two is where we're going to be today. Um, I'm sorry, chapter number eight. And uh, we're going to start in verse number one. But before we get into the passage of scripture, I believe in life there are there are the I get to people and there's the I have to people. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I enjoy being around the I get to people. Um, you know, sometimes we can get in that attitude of, oh, I, I, I wake up in the morning, oh, I have to read my Bible. Oh, I have to come to church. Oh, I have to be in Sunday school. Or I, I have to be here on Wednesday night. Or, or I have to give in the offering plate or give financially. Listen, when, when we talk that way and we speak that way, you kind of already feel kind of like, ugh, right? I have to. But then you have those who say, I get to come to the house of God and worship with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I get to come to Sunday school and, and learn and grow together in the word of God with other believers and edify the saints. I get to place money in the offering plate and give to God through the local church. I get to support missions so that we can reach the uttermost parts of the earth. There's a difference. I have to or I get to. The key to having the I get to attitude is generosity. The key to having the I get to attitude is generosity. Part of the, the reason that generosity is so important is found in a proverb. Proverbs 11, verse number 24 says this, there is, that, there is that scattereth. That word scattereth means someone who gives freely. And yet, listen, the one who gives freely, the Bible says, yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meet. Those who, who hold on to the things that they should give. But what happens in that person's life? But it tendeth to poverty. Listen, I want my life to increase, amen? I want my generosity to increase. I want my faith to increase. And so in order for that to happen, then we must give freely in order to increase. You see, generosity should become a lifestyle for a believer. Generosity should become a lifestyle for a believer. Having a get-to type of mentality with everything that God puts in front of us. We find in, in a background to the passage of Scripture here, we find in our passage a letter that Paul begins to write, and he had written to the Corinthian church. And Paul, what he's doing is he's writing to these other churches, several churches, and he's asking, he's taking up an offering for the church at Jerusalem. They're in dire need. They're, they're, in, they're, they're dealing with persecution. They're dealing with uh, 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 just financial uh, problems in their life. And so he's writing to these churches and saying, hey, would you give to help these saints in Jerusalem? And the church that he's speaking to in, here in the church at Corinth was a very wealthy church. They had money. They had the resources. And so he's encouraging them. He's, he's sharing this opportunity with them in, to, to help believers in a desperate financial situation. And while he informs this church of this need, he, he takes the chance to teach a lesson on generosity. 
And the way that he teaches this lesson on generosity is he begins to use the example of the churches in Macedonia. And that's what I want us to look at today, starting in verse number one, 2 Corinthians chapter number eight. If you would look at it with me, the Bible says this, moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. They were very generous. For to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. I want to preach for just a few moments this morning on the subject, why generosity? Why generosity? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you. We're so thankful for your word. We're so thankful that we had the opportunity today just to sing our praises. Lord, as we look at this passage of scripture, whenever we talk about money, whenever we talk about financial things, we can feel a little uncomfortable. But Lord, it's something that is needed. It is something that, that shows, and it shows in a, in a life of a believer, a, a believer who's generous, it shows that we put our love toward God in, into action. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see these, these motivations for generosity that the church, churches in Macedonia had. And Father, would we apply those things to our life? Father, would you help us to live more generous in our Christian life? And we'll thank you for it. God, we pray that you would, I pray that you would please be with me, help me, give me the words to say. Lord, I pray that we've all come into church today willing and ready to hear from your word and to apply your word to our life. God, would you help us to put aside all the worries of today? Lord, the distractions that we might have in our life, put those things aside and focus on your word today. We love you, Father. We're so thankful for you. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. We find here in this passage of scripture, the main theme in this lesson that Paul begins to give the Corinthian church is the motivation for generosity. We can talk about what generosity is and we can talk about what generosity does, but understand before we will actually embrace generosity, we have to know the why for generosity. I think that's very important in our life. Before we embrace generosity, we must know the why for our generosity. What motivates us to be generous? What motivates us to give? And using the example of the Macedonian churches, Paul gives us four motivations that I want us to look at today for generosity. Number one, we find why generosity? Why should we live a generous life? Number one, because God gave to us. Because God gave to us. Look at verse number one. The Bible says this, Moreover, brethren, 
we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed, given on the churches of Macedonia. Paul starts out here with with what God has given the church. He says, I want to tell you something, church at Corinth. I want to tell you of the grace that God has given these churches. You see, the reason that this poor church was able to have generosity toward someone else's need is because they understood that God had already given to them. They understood that God had already bestowed His grace, His unmerited favor upon them. Listen, giving is important to God. Giving is important to God. In Scripture, there's several words that that God, there's several important words in Scripture. You can say that all words in Scripture are important, amen? But there are several things, uh, like words like believe. The word believe is mentioned in Scripture over 200 times. Words like pray. Prayer is pretty important, amen? Prayer is mentioned in the Bible over 500 times. The word love, love is mentioned over 300 times. But the word give or meaning give or give giver, giving is mentioned over 2,000 times in Scripture. Giving is important to God. Generosity is important to God. But understand, listen, the core to having a generous lifestyle is to understand what God has done for you. The core to living a generous lifestyle is to understand what God has done for you. You see, when we are generous, what are we doing? We're echoing the gospel. Generosity is love in action. What does the Bible say in John 3.16? For God so loved the world. How did God show His love? How did He put His love into action? That He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen, generosity is love in action. How did God show his incredible love? By giving his only begotten son. He put his love into action. That's what generosity is. And when we live a generous life, what we are doing is echoing the gospel. In the book of Matthew chapter number 10, Jesus was commissioning and he was, teaching his disciples. And he said in verse number 18, he said this, freely have ye received, freely give. Freely have ye received, freely give. Let me say this. If you struggle with generosity in your life, the issue is is that you're not looking back and remembering what God has done for you. If you struggle with generosity in your life, it's because you're not seeing what God truly did for you. You see, the gospel is free to us to receive, amen? Aren't you thankful for that? It is not by our works or our righteousness, which we have done. Listen, it is only by the grace of God. It is freely given to us. We have freely received it. Listen, it cost Jesus everything, but it was free to us. And so we should freely give. When we live a gospel-centered life, we can't help but live generously. Thank you. I just had to make you laugh. That's why I did that. Listen, when we live a gospel-centered life, we cannot help but live generously. 
And you might sit here and say, well, what, what do you mean when, when you say a gospel-centered life? I've heard you say that before. What, what, do you, what exactly do you mean? I mean, or maybe you think that it just means that we preach the gospel to unsaved people so that they get saved. And of course, it does not mean less than that, but it means so much more than that. Let me say this, that, that understand, it means when we say a gospel-centered life, it means that what we want, what we want to interpret, we, I'm sorry, it means that we want to interpret everything we do in the Christian life through the gospel. Through the gospel. What I mean is this, the gospel is not the ABCs of the Christian life. The gospel is the A to Z in the Christian life. It's everything. And that includes our giving. That includes our giving. When we live with a gospel-centered life, we live a generous life. Listen, if you struggle to give, maybe you are first struggling to receive God's grace. If you struggle to give, maybe you're, you're, you're struggling to receive God's grace. If you are holding tight to your money and you hold tight to your stuff and you hold tight to your time or maybe even your love, maybe you still struggle to have faith in the grace of God that meets all of your needs. Paul uses the gospel to motivate the Corinthian believers to give. He says in verse number nine, look at it. Chapter eight, verse number nine. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Paul was connecting their everyday Christian lives and their service through giving to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You understand Jesus is the most generous giver ever in human history? He's the most generous giver. He gave his life. You know that Jesus' poverty brought others to riches? He did this for you. He did this for me. And we must do that for others. Understand here, it might sound like Paul is, is giving this church a guilt trip. But understand what he's giving them is a grace trip. He's, he's giving them a, he's, it's not a guilt trip. It's seeing, hey, listen, I want to live generously. Why? Because God gave to me his wonderful grace. And he continues to. God gave us everything. Why generosity? Why do we live a generous life? Because God gave to us everything. But number two, because God created us to get joy from generosity. God created us to get joy from generosity. Look at verse number two. This is incredible. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy, doesn't that make you kind of scratch your head? Out of, the, out of their affliction, they have an abundance of joy. And their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality, this church gave sacrificially with joy. This church was living with a truly generous heart and the result was a life filled with joy. Paul says that generosity and joy are connected. You understand you cannot separate the two? 
You cannot separate joy from generosity. They go together. You could say this, if there is not joy, if there's no joy in someone's life, then there's no generosity in someone's life. That's what Paul is stating here. This is what he's, he's saying to the Corinthian church. You see, one of the greatest examples of this truth is found in Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Jesus had joy. He knew that he was going to the cross. He knew that he would suffer, that he would be beaten. He knew that the sin upon, of the world would be placed upon his shoulder. He knew that his, his father would turn his back on him. But he went and endured the cross beforehand with joy. He did it with joy. Jesus knew that there was greater joy on the other side of the most costly gift ever given. He knew that if, if he went to the cross, that, his, that through his blood, we might be redeemed. He knew that if he went to the cross, there'd be greater joy because we could now have eternal life. He knew that when he was going to the cross, that there'd be greater joy because one day we would spend all of an eter eternity with him if we received the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, joy. We get joy from generosity. See, even when generosity is costly, it still produces joy. Well, pastor, I, I just don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I mean the Christian life, there's, there's some things in the Christian life that are just not fun. I don't, I don't agree with that. Listen, I, I, don't, I don't believe, I believe that everything that God asks us to give, everything that God asks us to do, He does so to increase our joy. You, you understand, there is nothing that God will have you give that will diminish your joy. That's a promise. There is nothing that God will have you give that will diminish your joy. You see, a life of generosity is always a life of joy. Why, why, why generosity? Why should we live with a generous heart, a generous life? Because God, number one, first and foremost, he gave to us everything. But also because God created us to get joy from generosity. Number three, because we are a part of the family. Because we are a part of the family. Look at verses three and four. The Bible says this, for to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship, right? The partnership of the ministering to the saints. This is what, what Paul's really alluding to. He's saying the churches in Macedonia gave because they were a part of the family. They wanted to have an influence. They didn't have, they didn't have money. They were a poor church, great affliction. They gave to help the family. They wanted to invest in what God was doing in the family, through the family, and for the family. You see, part of being a family is being a participant. You, if you, if you say, I'm a part of the family at Fellowship Baptist Church, then you should be participating. 
You should be participating in serving. You should be participating in giving. You should be participating. Because being part of a family is participation. These churches wanted to participate in the ministering to other believers. You see, we can participate in what the family is doing. And let me just say this, the family that we are a part of is the greatest family that you can be a part of. It's the most exciting, it's the most sustainable, it's the most transformational family you can be a part of. The family of God. Listen, in verse number three, Paul says they gave. They gave beyond their, they gave their means and then they gave beyond their means. What's Paul saying here? He's proving that the more wealthy you are, the more generous you get is a myth. Oh, if I just had more money, if I just won, how many times have you heard this? If I just won the lottery, I'd give so much. I suggest you don't play the lottery either, but that's another thing. Listen, what, what we, we understand here that that's a myth. How? Because generosity is a matter of the heart. And because it's a matter of the heart, it is a journey that anyone can take no matter how wealthy or how poor. Because God and his grace can multiply generosity at any level. Look at, the, look at the widow with two mites. That's all she put in. Everyone was putting in all this money. She threw in two mites, but it was a sacrifice. It was true generosity. And Jesus recognized that. You see, we can't sit here and say, well, I don't have money, so I can't be generous. Paul says that's not how it works, church. When we give, when we are generous toward the family of God, we aren't doing it out of obligation. It, it isn't a have to, it is a get to. Why? Because we are investing in the family. Generosity toward God is always an eternal investment. Let me say that again. Generosity toward God is always an eternal investment. And I believe that when you grasp that it changes, when you grasp that fact that, that generosity is all toward God is always an eternal investment. When you grasp that, it changes your thinking when it comes to giving. Why? Number one, because you give knowing that God will multiply. You give knowing that God will multiply. Look at verse number three. He says, for to their power, I bear record. And then he says, hold on a second. And also, and yea, beyond their power, they were willing to give of themselves. What's happening there? It's a, it's a multiplication miracle in, the, in these believers' lives. They gave of their means. God gave them more things that they did not even possess, and they gave that. They gave things beyond their means. God took what they gave generously, and he responded. God, and in his grace, gave them resources that they did not have. Here's the incredible thing about God. Is that he takes what we give, which, by the way, has already come from him. He takes what we give, the things that he's already given us, and then he'll give more back to us. That's his promise. Under, understand, listen, it is, it is um, the only loan that we can come out ahead on. 
right? We don't have to pay interest. He pays interest on it. We have an eternal investment. So when we grasp that generosity toward God is always an eternal investment, we know, we, we give knowing that God will multiply, but also we give without waiting for someone to persuade us. Look at verse number four. He says this, praying us with much entreaty. This church was begging Paul. Praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift. They're saying, take it. Take the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. We want to partner with the other believers. We want to have a part in it. You understand here that, that Paul I'm sure he, he said to, to the churches in Macedonia, listen, yes, they are in dire need of financial help. They need it, but so do you. You're in poverty. You, you need to keep that money. Huh? He might've had those thoughts like, hey, you just hold on to it. Use it for your church. Use it for your people. You all need it. And they say, no, you take it, Paul. Paul didn't have to beg them. They were begging Paul to take their money so that they could participate in the family of God. So that they could participate. Listen, that's one thing that we don't have a problem in our churches today in America is, is, is people begging us to take their money. And I, I don't preach a lot on, on money and maybe I should preach more on it. But listen, are we living with a generous the first reason that we talked about should be enough for us to live with generosity because God has given us so much. But there's also another thing. We, we get joy from it. We get to be a part and participate together with the family of God. But then lastly, we see because we know what life is all about. Why do we give? Why are we generous? Because this church knew what life was all about. Look at verse number five. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first, here it is, first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. This church saw their life through the right lens, didn't they? Paul tells the Corinthian church that they gave themselves to the Lord first. Jesus first. You want to live a generous life? Jesus first. They gave themselves to the Lord first. Someone once said this, if one first gives himself to the Lord, all other giving is easy. If one gives themselves first to the Lord, all other giving is easy. You see, generosity cannot happen, church. Listen, generosity cannot happen until we see our life through the lens of who we are in Christ and what we've been called to do. If we see our life through the lens that I am God's, that my life is God's, my passions, they're God's, my time is His, my energy is His, my finances are His, my 401k is His, where everything is His. And when we see, and we see that our life is, is His, and our life is about accomplishing His will and bringing glory to Him, then that puts everything in perspective. Because we now understand 
that everything we have been given to us has been from God. And you know what? He anticipates that we will use what he gives for eternal value, for eternal significance. Listen, church, this life is not all that there is. I think a lot of times we have to see that. This life that we're living right now is not all that there is. I'm thankful that we have an eternal life with Christ after this. Miss Ruby is in here today. She just lost her husband. Listen, this life is not all that there is. Miss Ruby's going to see Brother Joe again one day. Amen? It's not all that there is. Let's not be generous just so people can say, oh, wow, they're generous. Listen, let us be generous so that God will see that the love that he has shown us is replayed through our lives toward others. Listen, that he sees our love is being put into action through generosity. Why? To point others to Christ because that's what it's all about. You see, when you and I understand what life is all about, and we understand the mission that God has put on us, that it's not about my agenda, it's not about your agenda, it's about His. It's about His purpose, it's about His glory. When we come to that place in our life, then understand we can live a life of generosity because we know that it is a life, it is a, an investment for eternity. I'll close with this. One day when Jesus returns, the Bible says that every person will give an account. Every person will give an account. Jesus pictures this day, this coming day, in one of his parables in Matthew chapter 25. And in verse number 23, he says this. He said, his Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. What's Jesus speaking of here? He's speaking of a servant who knew what life was all about. He's speaking about a servant who knew what life was all about. And when you know what your life is about and you know whose resources you have been entrusted with and you live out of that, you can anticipate seeing Jesus and hearing those words, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'm going to put you ruler over much. I don't know about you, but I want to hear those words one day, don't you? When I see Jesus, I want him to say, Tyler, when it comes to your time, well done. Tyler, when it comes to your energy, well done. Tyler, when it comes to your kids, well done. Tyler, when it comes to your family, well done. Tyler, when it comes to your money, well done. I want to hear those words. And guess what he does after that? He'll say, you've been faithful over little. I'll put you over much. Jesus tells us to learn to live generously. Steward 
what God has put in your hands. Be good stewards of it. Live generous. Why, why are we to live a generous life? Why generosity, church? Because he's given us so much. Because there is joy found in generosity. Because it is a way that we can be a part and participate with one another in the family of God. And because we give and we're generous because we know that this is not all that there is. We have an eternity waiting for us. And so we give. We live with generous hearts. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information or to donate to this ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.